Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon, and I'm so excited to have Lindsay Durant on the show this week. Lindsay is an expert in transformational mindset shifting. She knows what it's like to be stuck, and she knows what is needed to change your life to achieve your dreams. Lindsay is mentored by Bob Proctor, arguably the best teacher of human potential and growth and a star from the hit movie, The Secret. Lindsay helps results-seeking individuals and companies worldwide to increase their results quickly by providing the tools for high-performance quantum leaps. Through the teaching of a precise blueprint and the study of the human mind, Lindsay instills effective ideas and habits, otherwise known as a paradigm shift. So in the episode, we talked about self-development, how she's a stay-at-home mom, how she has had several painless births, the law of attraction and the law of vibration, thoughts and expectations, leaving an abusive marriage, how traumatic experiences can be an opportunity to change thoughts, self-discovery, addressing your truth, and how a gratitude journal can change your life. So if you're currently in a space where you're looking for change, this episode is definitely for you. Also stay to the end because Lindsay gives us a powerful visualization for our future lives. It's pretty amazing. Now at the end of the episode, make sure you visit my website where you can find the show notes plus any links mentioned with Lindsay. And the website is drmichellegordon.com slash podcasts. That's D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-G-O-R-D-O-N slash podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. Don't forget the S. Now, if you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe so you're always the first to know when a new episode is released. And here we are going on to Lindsay. Thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. <music> Welcome, Lindsay. I'm so glad you're here. Lindsay, why don't you just give us a little bit of your backstory? Tell us tell us about how you got involved with Bob Proctor. Okay. Um, I'm not really even sure when Bob was introduced into my life. Um, my dad was very much into um, business development. And um, so he was another type of guy that would listen to Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins in the vehicle on the way to and from work, but, but not really work. He, he owned the business. Yeah. So this stuff has really just been a part of my life as far back as I can remember. So you always were listening to uh, Unleash the Power Within or, or some other Tony Robbins thing. Yeah. So, yeah. That sort of thing. I thought my dad was a little crazy, but I'm sure some of it got in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's all he had um, on the, on the, sh- uh, in the car. That's the only thing he would play or those, those, those tapes. There, there were times where he did have music, but for the most part, he was listening to his personal development tapes. All right. And so what, what got you into the personal development space? This was something that I have been doing with people for free for a long period of time. Okay. Um, I was a stay at home homeschooling mother 
I've, I've been trained as a pastor. So the counseling and helping people just came naturally. So I just became known as the person that, that people would contact when they were having a problem. Okay. So you were counseling people through their crises? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And, yep. All right. And tell, tell me more about being a stay-at-home mom. I mean, I was never a stay-at-home mom. I, I, I was always worked, you know? So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, okay. So let's, let's, I'm, I'm not a regular stay-at-home mom because um, I do have a super huge family. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, my, I have 14 children. What? Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I have 14. Wait, children. Yeah, you gave birth to 14 children. I absolutely did. Yes. Oh. All right. All right. Anybody who's listening. I mean, for, listen, I had one kid. I gay. <laughs> and that was hard. So I, <laughs> I don't know how you did for, 14. That's wow. I mean, did yeah. it get easier? The, the labor and. Did it get easier at like with number 10? I <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Actually towards the end, I started to have painless births um, where I knew I was in labor, but I had learned to focus to the point that I didn't feel pain anymore. Oh, well, how do you do that? That was actually, um, I would, I just manifest it. I just believed that I would have no pain. And um, then I did sort of hypnosis tricks during labor to get myself out of myself and focus uh-huh. and visualize something else. And the result was a baby with, you know, the pressure and not the pain uh-huh. that they tell everybody is possible. Wow. That's, yeah. I still just, wow. Okay. That's crazy to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's just, <laughs> I, I, you know, listen, I believe in manifestation. So let's, let's talk a little bit about manifestation. Can we go to the basics? I mean, we haven't had anybody on the menopause movement podcast yet who, um, who's talked about manifestation. We talked a little bit about it with Tina Van Leuven in terms of aligning your energy with joy and how that's so important. Um, if you want to get what you want, right. To align your energy properly, but you know, you're, you're like, um, the manifestation lady, right? I mean, you know, I mean, there is somebody called Manifestation Babe. That's not you. But, um, but you know, can we just kind of go to basics? Because a lot of people listening may not understand. They may never have heard of Law of Attraction. They may never have heard of what manifesting is. And so maybe we can just start with the basics of, of what, what that is. Okay. Um, the Law of Attraction is actually secondary to another law, um, the Law of Vibration, which... I believe is why a lot of people don't get what they want through the law of attraction because they're not, um, they're not employing the law of vibration to bring their vibration up. Uh-huh. So, and the way that we do that really is through um, getting ourselves um, through visualization into the place that we want to be so that we feel it. Our subconscious feels that we are already there so it begins to raise our vibration. So we basically just move into the place that we're trying to attract. Right. So let's just talk a bit about vibration for one okay. second. Physics. I'm going to talk physics. And okay. for anybody who uh, thinks that they can't understand physics, it's, it's really, it's, it's not hard. Basically, um, we have what we see, mm-hmm. right? And what we can touch, 
right? It feels solid. Mm -hmm. But in reality, everything is vibrating. And it was a big, it was a big deal when it was discovered. And this was a combination of all these guys like, like Bohr and well, Bohr was gases, but um, Einstein, you know, talked about how light is both a particle and a wave. Right. And that's when the, we, everyone's heard the term photon and the photon is the actual particle of light, but also light will go back and forth between particle and wave. And there was an experiment it was called the the double slit experiment. And this proved that something isn't really there unless it's observed. And we'll leave it at that. I don't want to go into too much physics, but it was really try, trying to observe electrons while they're moving. And electrons are one substance, one, one piece of the atom, right? And they, they, they go. So if you think about the universe and how, and how we, uh, the earth revolves around the sun, right? Like that. In the same way, we have the, the atom with you know protons, neutrons, and electrons, and then even smaller particles now, but uh, those aren't really important for this. And so in terms of looking at electrons, uh, electrons are charged a certain way. And so they did this double slit experiment and they threw radiation and they said, okay, you know, where are the electrons? And when they expected to see the electrons, they saw them. But they, and, and they were just, it, it was a very, it's a very interesting experiment because the electrons are seen they're they're only there when they're when there's an observer, and so that there that became the birth of quantum mechanics, and then in in the quantum and now now you know the law of attraction, the law of vibration, all that stuff comes out of the truth of quantum mechanics, and and we're still working on a unified field. Um, the closest thing that we've come to so far, the unified field theory, is probably string theory, and now I'm getting way out there in terms of of physics, but but I want to bring it back in to say that what happens in the quantum realm it doesn't follow Newtonian physics. So Newtonian physics says for every action, there's an equal and action, uh, equal and opposite reaction. And it says a body that, you know, starts, it, that starts in motion will stay in motion until uh, there's something that stops it. So, you know, for example, a hockey puck will go across the ice, you know, because there's very little friction, right? But if you try to hit a hockey puck across a carpet, it's not going to go very far. Right. Exactly. So those are, those are the, you know, first and second laws of, of Newtonian physics. But in the quantum realm, New Newtonian physics don't apply. They don't apply. And, and when you apply that to the spiritual world, right, then we start hearing stories of people like Jesus Christ who could make loaves and fishes appear or people who like Sai Baba who could be in more than one place at once mm -hmm. or even the, the lineage that Yogananda comes from, Paramahansa Yogananda comes from where they talk about, you know, Lahira Mahasai who was able to um, materialize different places or Babaji or, or Sri Yukteswar. So, so it's a matter of aligning your energy. So we're getting back to now. So I just wanted to give a little bit of background so that okay. people could understand. And what happens in the quantum realm is that things actually do move faster than the speed of light. And, and in, in what we currently understand in our physics is that things can only move so fast. And, thing, and, and the limit is the speed of light. And the reason for that, I finally understood after all these years, is this equation that we all hear of, E equals MC squared, right? Mm -hmm. So energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. Now, why is it that we can't go faster than the speed of light? Because as a body increases in speed, 
the mass increases too. And so you get to, before you can get a faster than the speed of light, you have infinite mass. And so it's impossible. Okay. So there's the, there's the physics behind all of this. And now everything exists as both a particle and a wave, even us. And there we come back to vibration. So now let's talk about vibration. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> no, because because it's I think it's really important to understand it, it that that you know there's there's the solid world that we see. Mm-hmm. And then and then on top of that there is this mystical world that is actually still explainable by science. And as much as you know many people don't want to see that, you know there there's there's more and more people who are taking, you know, taking people and putting them through certain types of meditation and then measuring uh, their genetics and measuring certain things like IgA and showing that doing certain types of meditation can change your, change the actual makeup of your genes. Mm -hmm. And so again, we come back to law of vibration. And so that's where I want you to pick it up if you could. So how you teach people to get into law of vibration. Everything that we see and everything that is began as a thought. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The iPhone, the iPhone began as a thought. Everything. I I love this. Oh, I love this so much. Wow. This is great. Um, It just began as a thought in one person's mind. And actually quite often it began in more than one person's mind at the same time through energy, just because they happen to be in the same vibration. You know, there was more than one person with the same ideas of the light bulb or the engine all at the same time who had never spoken to each other because they happened to be on the same frequency. And I guess the way that I can explain that the frequencies and vibrations in in a way that everybody can understand is, Michelle, if I picked up the phone and I called your your number, I'm going to get you. I'm not going to get your neighbor. I'm not going to get the person that's standing right beside of you, beside you. If you had two phones side by side, I'm not going to get the other phone. I'm just going to get the number that I called. Exactly. You have two <laughs> phones. I have two phones. That's why I thought of that, but you do too. <laughs> um, because I called a number on a certain frequency. Right. Can, or, or we have a little you know, $8 alarm clock um, that plays radio. We understand that when we turn that radio on for the alarm clock and we set it to a certain station, that station's going to come in. Yeah. Um, so if we can buy, you know, little five, eight, $10 alarm clock and expect that when we turn it to that frequency, we're going to get exactly what we want we can actually do that with ourselves as well. When we turn ourselves to that frequency through visualization, through expectation, through thought, and also through our actions moving towards that, we can expect exactly what we want in the same way. Yeah, no, that's really true. And I think a big part of getting into the right vibration is to pay attention to our emotions. Yes, Yep. So, you know, we are emotional beings, we're very emotional creatures, and it's very easy for us, especially as we age, to be stuck in a one way of thinking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if we want something different, we have to do something different, and we yeah. have to be something different. And so, um, the emotion of anger is not going to help us get what we want. 
it might help us get out of a situation, but you know, the emotion of anger and resentment and fear and judgment. And those are, those are what we call lower frequency emotions, Mm -hmm. but the frequency of joy and gratitude, gratitude, especially gratitude is like the number one thing that's going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. Um, um, That reminds me of a study that I read recently um, where people were holding vials of their own DNA and um, they were instructed to do three different things. Um, one of them was, um, they were instructed just to, you know, think good thoughts, think positively at, while trying to unwind the DNA, but no emotion whatsoever. They were just thinking, you know, good things. The other one was they were holding their DNA and thinking angry thoughts and feeling anger. And the other one was feeling gratitude you know, feeling love, joy, um, appreciation. Exactly. And yeah. and what they found was that the DNA held by the angry person was damaged. The one that was feeling no emotion at all, there was no change. And the one that was feeling gratitude, love, appreciation was, you know, made better, that, you know, it was healthier. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's incredible to me that we can have that much power just through our emotions. Um, so, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So when we're visualizing, we need to vis- visualize and actually put ourselves in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, feel what we'd feel if we were there. Um, feel the comfort that we're feeling. Um, I'll use an example from my own life. Um, I'm a recently single mother. Um, I have 10 children that still live with me. My marriage was extremely unhealthy. Well, that's all. Yeah, that, that's it. That's just it. Ten, I know. Just 10 children living with you. I know. I love it when I say only and other yeah. people are like, seriously, Lindsay. <laughs> like <that's, laughs> yeah. um, so I only, um, and, um, but you know, my marriage, like I tried to make it work for so many years and it just was not possible. And I finally realized that in order to be healthy, I needed to leave. And I had started to visualize a large log home um, on either the ocean or overlooking a forest. Um, and I started to visualize this back in January or February and I wrote it in my goals journal and I was living in an RV at the time we were nomadic, um, which was another, another goal that I had visualized and and we were doing it. I was, we were traveling around, um, in an RV and, and seeing the sights and going everywhere we wanted to go. And, and, uh, but I started to visualize this house and, you know, in my vision, I would wake up in the morning and walk out of my bedroom and I'd walk into the kitchen and I'd get a cup of tea and I'd go and I'd sit and I'd look over, you know, look out, out the windows and, and I'd feel the comfort and I'd feel the love and the peace and the contentment. And, you know, I would just go through my day while living in a large log home overlooking the ocean or a forest. And, um, so when my marriage really, uh, it got to the point where I just, I knew I absolutely needed to get out. There was no way I was ever going to be able to be a healthy human being while being in that marriage. I needed a place to rent. I couldn't, you know, it was winter. I was in Canada or the winter was coming. Sorry. And, uh, I'm in Canada. So living in an RV in Canada during the, during the winter, isn't a good thing. My ex-husband told me I could take the kids to the Southern U S but I didn't feel like doing that, you know? ending the marriage and then taking the kids away 
from him immediately just didn't seem right to me. So I looked for a rental house. Now I have dogs and I have a lot of kids. So I needed certain criteria. I, they need, I needed to be able to bring my dogs with me and I needed obviously for it to be big enough for my kids for a landlord not to say you cannot put 10 kids in a two bedroom house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't, um, it wasn't really an option. And due to some situations that happened in my marriage, my budget was limited. So I had three things in this rental market working against me. Normally, you know, places that are big enough were far out of my budget at this current, you know, because of the situation of my marriage, almost every single one of them said no pets at all. Yeah. And if they happened to say dogs were allowed, they were tiny. And so I looked and I figured I would look one last time. And I found a house on, it's, it's called Kijiji, which is the equivalent of the American Craigslist. And there it was. There was this house that was big enough. It's three stories, um, two kitchens, three living rooms, five bedrooms, um, enough beds for 20 people, I think, is mm. <laughs> what the house has. Wow. Um, but it is a large log home overlooking the ocean and a forest. And a forest. And a forest. I got both. <laughs> I was thinking, or, but it's both. I've yeah. got, I'm overlooking a bay and on the other side of the bay is a forest. I got what I visualized and I told my ex-husband, okay, I'm, I'm leaving in a week. I've rented a house. You can't come with me. And I am now living that vision of walking out of my bedroom in the morning, walking into the kitchen, getting my cup of tea and sitting in a home that is peaceful, that is contentment where I have pure shalom. It's, it's unfreaking believable. <laughs> and you manifested I, that. I manifested it exactly. Yeah. I manifested it. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, and that's, that's the, the power of manifestation when you can get into the proper vibration. So, so maybe people have heard of law of attraction. Yeah. So let's talk for a second about law of attraction. Okay. The law of attraction in its basics is um, that, that what you're, what you're wanting in life and, and what you're, well, feeling's going to come into it again. So vibration is always going to be part of it. Yeah. Is, is, um, is going to come to you. Right. So yeah. I think, I think regardless of whether you believe or don't believe or have never heard of the law of attraction, the law of attraction works because it's a law. And yeah. so what you think about is what's going to happen. What yeah. you, and so you're either going to, and people have a hard time with hearing this, but you're either going to create the life you want or you're going to leave it to the devices of chaos. Exactly. Exactly. If you, if you think of people who are um, maybe their paradigm, which is their habits and beliefs, mm -hmm. if their paradigm says that all bad things happen in threes, then they get a flat tire and their automatic thought is, Oh no, two more things are going to happen. Yeah. So then they're basically manifesting the second bad thing. So the right. second bad thing happens and they're like, oh, oh, they always come in threes. So to those people, they always manifest three bad things in a row because they believe that they're going to. And they're, what happens to them follows their beliefs. Sure. Um, whereas 
someone who is using the law of attraction effectively would get that flat tire and just automatically think, well, there's a reason for this. You know, it's not a bad thing. What can I learn from it? Maybe I'm missing an accident up ahead, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I like to teach. So in the membership, we talk quite a bit in the menopause movement membership about things that happen. Mm -hmm. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Who knows? You never know. You never it's know just a thing. Yes. It's just a thing. Things yeah. happen. Yeah, we've, you know, we've, my, my, we've suffered a pretty bad tragedy in my, in my practice. One of my, um, my medical director actually passed away suddenly and we've, it's been really hard. It's been really, really hard because, you know, we're down one person in the, in the surgical practice and we've, you know, we're, we're having to do some pivoting, but at the end of the day, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I mean, it's so sorrowful. There's a lot of sorrow. We're very sad mm -hmm. um, because losing somebody, there's, there's a ton of sorrow when it's somebody you've been close to, somebody that you love. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, every time something happens, the universe has got your back. There's opportunity and, you know, the, the, there's always opportunity for growth in every single situation, you know, so this is, this is a pretty horrible situation, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that if I didn't have a spiritual practice, I think it would be, I, I would be a lot more devastated over this. Mm. And in the last year, I've really developed maybe two years, really. I've, I've worked very hard to develop a regular meditation practice and trying to understand my role as a spiritual being, you know, because in reality we're humans, right? And mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. And, and I, I really do believe that, that our, our job on this earth is to get back to God or, you know, the, the greater, whatever the greater thing is, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the sea of cosmic consciousness I actually got into it in the meditation. It was the first time ever. And I'm sitting in this like field of light and gray and, and say, Oh, this is it. This is what I want to be. This is where I want to be. Wow. Oh, anything's possible here. This is really cool. And then I was gone, <laughs> but it was the first and only time I've ever really been there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's after, you know, t meditating pretty religiously for a couple of years. So it's, it's, so it, we don't meditate so that we can get into the cosmic consciousness. I think we meditate to kind of be sane. It's like exercise, I, right? I think so, why do yeah. why do I exercise? I exercise to save my brain and I exercise to keep my body sound. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, I just have to do it. It's just another thing I have to do. I don't always want to, but you know, it's something but, I just do. It's like brushing my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like the results of it. You know, the yeah. results are helpful. So you continue to do yeah. it. So, um, so I was wondering if, um, you know, hopefully maybe at the end of this, you can walk us through a visualization. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll do that. We'll do that later. Can you tell us a little bit then about how to get in touch with the proper emotions to raise your vibration? That isn't always easy. If we're in a bad place in our lives, it isn't always easy. Yeah. Um, so what we can do then is while we're visualizing, we're also, you know, thinking, you know, the, the happiest things we possibly can. If we sometimes um, someone may not believe that they could actually have what they're visualizing. So they have to maybe think of something a little bit smaller while they're, you know, feel something a little bit smaller while visualizing the big thing. Mm -hmm. um, I find that um, the best time to do this 
and, and get into the right feelings is when you first wake up and you're kind of in the twilight zone and right before you go to sleep and you're in that same twilight zone. Those I find are the easiest times to actually get into the emotions and the feeling of what you're doing. So you're basically in a waking, a waking dream. It's like a lucid dream. Yeah. 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 You know, Einstein, not Einstein, uh, Edison, he would, uh, he, he, he would sit in his, in his chair and he'd have like those, those balls, uh, you know, those, those balls that you put in your hands that make noise. And mm-hmm. he'd put those in there in his hands and he would, because he would go, he would go to, um, sit in the chair with a problem. And then he would just sit there and he'd keep the balls in his hands so that he wouldn't completely fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And he would get into that lucid dreaming place. And many, many, um, many people have had decision decisions or, or, uh, experiments or solutions come to them when they were in some sort of a, a waking dream state or even a dream state. Sergey yeah. Brin, who is the co-founder of Google, um, had a dream about indexing the internet and woke up and wrote it down because he was in the habit of writing down his dreams. And uh, so it's, it's power. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, because we're in a different state of being when, um, when we're dreaming when we're sleeping, you know, our conscious going, mind shuts down at that point and our yeah. subconscious mind comes forward. Yeah. So, so the answers have- go through a different process. They're not going through our logical, our logical mind and our logical mind may hear these ideas during the day. And our logical mind goes, shut up. There's, <laughs> there's yeah. no way that's not even possible. Yeah. And just, you know, what inter- indexing the internet as if we can do that. Right. You know, well, it's it's funny because the the conscious mind, the mind that we use regularly, the the skeptical kind of, you know, scientific mind is only 5% of our programming. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is automatic. So we've got this computer in our head that, you know, as we grow up and and I think by the time we're 35 it's pretty set. It it makes decisions about our environment, about about who we are, about what what we do. As a matter of fact, I went through an exercise the other day and I was really certain. Now I decided I was going to be a doctor when I was five. Okay. Okay. I decided I was going to be a doctor when I was five because my mother said something when my, I had two uncles. So my mom's brother and my mom's brother-in-law were both doctors and my mom had real funny uh, ideas about money. And I just remember her saying, well, those guys are so rich. They're doctors. And so at age five, I decided that I was going to be a doctor. But what that sub, what, what that did to me subconsciously, and one of the reasons I've been struggling in my other business, and so it's been, this is a really like a big, a big breakthrough for me, was that I had decided that the only way I could make money was as being a doctor. Ah, yeah. 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 And that happened when I was five. Okay. And I'm 55 years old. So that's 50 years of that belief. And it still affects you. And it's, well, now, not anymore, because <laughs> not I don't anymore, believe but, it anymore, yeah, but, but, but 50 years of that belief. And that's why I was able to do 15 years of school so that I could get to the doctor thing mm-hmm. and make some money. Yeah. And, yep. you know, and now I, you know, my, my goal is to reach women and help women get through menopause uh, in a way that, that is, you know, showing them that there's more meaning to life than just living it. Right. Yeah. 
and transcend all the symptoms, which is what we do in the menopause movement membership. But, um, but I found, I found that just fascinating that, that, that I had something that happened when I was five. And so I just wonder like what other programs are running in the background that I can't even see. Yet? Oh, so many. Yeah. Most, most of who we are is actually set by the time we're five or six years old. But yeah. the problem is, is we didn't set it. We didn't make those decisions. Someone else made those decisions for us. Our sure. grandparents and our grandparents' parents, our parents, they, the way that they lived, the ideas that they had, the beliefs that they had about money, about relationships, about where to live, um, all of that just went filtered right down through our genetics and our genetic makeup and, and everything. So we're pretty much set as who we're going to be by the time we're five or six years old. Um, so one of the things that I do to help people, um, it's actually one of the main things that I do is I go in um, and help people basically to wash their brains of, yeah. <laughs> of the, the programming because it is programming. Sure. You know, it's like a Windows 95 computer. <laughs> well, it's a little bit more sophisticated than that. I will. Yeah. Yeah. But what we really want is, you know, a MacBook Air, you know, we may have been raised with ideas that we can only do certain things. Our income is only going to be at a certain level. Maybe our parents only lived, um, you know, they, they lived under the poverty level. So we believe that that's all that's possible. That's where the Windows 95 computer comes in. I see. So we're going through our lives um, believing that everything that we can have is less than. Um, so what I do is I help people to go in and recreate their paradigms to be what they want them to be Yeah. instead of what they were handed down. So say they don't want to just make under $30,000 a year. Say they want to make $30,000 a month. I can go in and I can help them to change the paradigms that they were handed down through generations so that a whole new world opens up for them and they can begin to earn $30,000 a month. Yeah. So limiting beliefs around money are really, really key. Um, you know, if you went, if, if, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it, it becomes, it becomes really important to uh, start paying attention to all of the beliefs that, that were handed down by your parents. And remember when, you know, by the time you're, you're five, those, all of those decisions you make are are based on what's available to you at the time. So you're picking mm-hmm. out of out of the environment that you have. And the problem with making decisions for your life as a child is that you just don't have the experience. There's no there's 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 no you know as an adult. So as an adult, if we suffer a trauma, mm-hmm. we have at least the history of our life to help help um, help us like shape that trauma into something as just a thing. But mm-hmm. when, when your whole life is as a child, your whole life is your parents and you're the rest of your family and that sort of thing. And then you suffer a trauma or you suffer, you know, so like, like even for me with this weird thing about, about doctors being the only way to make money. Um, there's no, there's no experience. Mm-hmm. Right. But the other thing, and, and, you know, the thing I like to say and we go, we kind of go deep into this in the, in the membership, but we talk about how if you're living from programming that happened when you're five, six, seven, eight years old, then you're really letting a child run your life. 
Yes. Do you want a child to run your life or do you want to be that adult? And how do you see yourself? And, and I'll say now, even now, I still sometimes see myself as a child and, uh, I haven't, you know, so I've got a lot of work to do too. I'm not, I'm not saying that I haven't, I, you know, um, but yeah. And, (laughs) and, you know, the, the work is never done. And, and in that, so we use 5% of our brain during our waking time. The rest of it is just automatic pilot. You know, that's like breathing and heart rate and, you know, excreting and, and those sorts of things. But then on top of that, there are automatic thought patterns that just keep going and going and going. But then we ask, you know, what is a thought? You know, it's just a thought, right? What is a belief? A belief is a, you know, a sentence in your head that you just keep saying over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it true? And can you we know? change it? Oh, we can absolutely change it. Yeah. Um, you can change it. You can change your thoughts into whatever you want. Right. Um, so let's go back to the example of bad things always happen in threes. Right. That's a, that's a belief. It is. And, you know, it's not going to change overnight, but you can absolutely change it. Um, and you can actually change it quickly. Like, I you think know. I think it can change. It can change in an instant because I yeah. think that all change happens in an instant and it's at the instant of decision. Yeah. Yeah. You can, if you make a committed decision to change it, then the yeah. moment it comes into your mind, bad things happen in threes. You can argue with yourself and say, no, this isn't necessarily a bad right. thing. You know, yeah. it's just a thing. It's just a thing. <laughs> it's just a yeah. thing that just happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got this, there's this little video that I have on, on Facebook that's about, you know, let's say that you've, you've been really good. You're trying to lose weight. You followed your diet and then you ate ice cream. Now, is the act of eating ice cream giving you permission to go and eat pizza and hamburgers and french fries and everything else because it's a failure? Or is it just one chance, one time you ate ice cream and you just ate it and now you're just going to go back to whatever? It's just a thing. And I think over and over and over, the reason why we have such a hard time with behavior change is because, number one, we've got these ingrained thoughts that we don't know about that keep us from making the changes that we want. And number two, we find we look for ways because of the subconscious program. We look for ways to give ourselves permission to go back to the other state of being. Mm-hmm. And so, in reality, if we want to change our behavior and become somebody new, we really have to be that person now. And that leads us back to raising vibration. Exactly. Make it till you make it was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. I think, I think it's not just faking it till you make it. So Becoming let's, that. yeah. So let's, let's talk about, let's say that, um, you know, I, I use this example a lot. I want to lose a hundred pounds. Okay. I gained a hundred pounds because I decided to one, not exercise. I never was never moving my body. I liked, I like to drink alcohol, you know, I mean, then this is just an example. Okay. I didn't gain a hundred pounds, but I did gain yeah. 50. Mm-hmm. Okay. I gained yeah. 50 through menopause and, and whatnot, but, but here's, you know, the behaviors, right? I didn't watch what I ate. I liked, I like to eat a lot of hamburgers and, and French fries and things that, you know, will pat, pile on the food, pile on the, the, the fat. Um, I like to drink beer and other forms of alcohol, mm-hmm. right? I drank, I drank diet soda, which is not good for you. No. So the habits that I had, led to the, you know, that behavior led to my, my piling on the weight. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't want to live like this anymore. All right. Mm-hmm. 
what does somebody of normal weight, what do they look like? What, what does their life look like? And then what, I had to start acting that way yeah. from that point on. Exactly. What movements do they do? Yeah. Um, yep. What choices yeah. do they make? Yeah. And, and skinny people choose to eat dessert, but they Sometimes, don't choose yeah. to eat a quarter of a cake. They, you know, they choose to have a, small a couple bites. Piece. Yes. Yeah. That. If that, yeah. So, so it, it's been, it's been very interesting. And especially when it comes to weight for me, I had this whole thought that there wasn't a piece of personal responsibility involved there. It was just my body or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in reality, um, you know, that was my behavior that caused that. And so if my behavior caused that, then my behavior can change to, ch to create a new reality. Exactly. And so these are the things that, that I am talking about with myself on a regular basis. What choices am I going to make today that are going to lead me to the goal that I want to have? And, and even, you know, I do Monday Facebook Lives and every single Monday I say, okay, what are the three things that you're going to do that's going to move yourself forward to the goal that you have, the goal that you want? What, what are those three things? Yeah. And, um, and so I ask the ladies every single Monday on Facebook Live, what what they're going to do and i and i ask them to put them down in the in the comments because okay. if you know it's it's really hard to move yourself forward if you don't set some tangible goals exactly right so exactly. um all right so we talked a little bit about how to raise your vibration we talked about subconscious mind let's talk a little bit about expectations and how expectations can shape your reality and shape your future well we definitely get what we expect Okay. <laughs> All of the time, actually. Yeah. Um, but not, I mean, but do we, do we, I mean, do we expect yeah. to, to be, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know that we always expect to be in, you know, did, did you expect to be in an abusive relationship? Was that an expectation? So, you know, well, no. we're hundred percent responsible for our life at the same time, we can't be responsible for other people's behavior. We can only be responsible for our reactions. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, see, that's a tough question because there is personal responsibility in that as well. Not that I was responsible in any way mm -hmm. for the, for the abuse that I went through, but I was responsible for my choice to stay. Yeah. Um, but let's just go back yeah. to that and say that, that, you know, women stay in abusive relationships because they're, they're afraid, they're afraid for their lives. They're afraid for the lives of their they're children. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, and, and in the episode with Mickey Sturgis, Sturgis, we talked about this at length about why she was so afraid to leave. And, you know, when he put that gun in her face and how, how afraid she was because mm -hmm. of that, but had, she had made this decision at that time to, to go ahead and leave. So yeah. I, I don't want to say that, that, terrifying to leave. Actually. Yeah, it's terrifying to leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I don't want to minimize that. So if anybody yeah. who's listening is in that situation, you know, we we truly sympathize with you and there is help for you, but Oh, absolutely. You know, um I just I just don't want to say that, you know, it's super easy. We understand why yeah. you haven't left. No, I yeah, it took me years to leave. Like I I you know, yeah. it was a decision that I made, but it literally took me years to leave. And, you know, there were a lot of very, you know, there, there were a lot of scary reasons behind that. But um, one of them was that someone who had at one point been my best friend, um, you know, was murdered by her ex-husband. So women yeah. always, like, quite often we know people who had very bad things happen to them. And, you know, the, you know, the, the, the consciousness that we have been raised with, you know, sometimes makes it all the time makes it very difficult to leave. So no, it took me five years 
yeah. five years of systematic changing things in my life and getting things ready. Five years to leave. Yeah. So, but you did it. I did it. It's, it's you so did it, and you're free now. Yeah. So I may, you know, it sounds like I'm minimizing it, but I'm definitely not. Yeah. I'm definitely not. It was a major process. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that's for sure. So, um, all right. So we've talked about uh, the, so when you expect things, you know what? No, let's go back to everything beginning as a thought. Because when, when I first heard this, I want to say it was 2010 when I was listening to Jack Canfield and Jack Canfield said thoughts are things. And, you know, I started reading Napoleon Hill's uh, Laws of Success, and he's talking about the ether. And, you know, the ether was really just, it was disproven as a thing, right? But if you if you go back and you read those books from the 20s, and the 30s, uh, the ether, I think, is we could actually look at it as the, the, the sub substance of the cosmos, which is probably dark matter. And we still don't really know what dark matter is. So I, I guess, you know, I, I'm a bit of a physics buff. So, um, so, but, but, you know, so we can, you can still read that, read that with, uh, you know, with that sort of a, of a thought. I mean, even Yogananda, who, um, I, you know, people who follow me know that I, I'm a devotee of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. Mm -hmm. And um, let me see if I can find a, I don't have one of his things, but, um, but he, he talks about uh, Lifetrons. You know, and and how how there's you know there's there's little building blocks of human life, and those those are lifetrons. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. He's the one who talked about the astral plane initially. So everything begins as a thought. So how is it that we can, you know, we, we hear this all the time: manage your thoughts, manage your thoughts, manage your thoughts. So what what's one practical kind of I don't know nugget of advice you can give to the audience on how to manage their thoughts <laughs> i would say there's there's two major ways two main ways to change your thoughts and change your paradigms one is through a traumatic experience nobody plans those we don't really want those um, but they can change you can change your thoughts and change everything you think and change all of your paradigms in an instant through a traumatic experience the other way is through constant spaced repetition um, so what saying, is that? I don't know what that, what is it? Constant space repetition? Yeah. Constant space repetition, saying the same thing to yourself, um, over and over again in a positive current statement. So say, um, for example, someone believes that they're unworthy of success. Right. Okay? This is, this is a very real thing. Um, you know, we, we hear all the time about the fear of failure, but I've actually found that more people fear success yeah. than fear failure. Um, <laughs> so because they believe deep down in themselves that they're unworthy. So say someone believes that they're unworthy of success. So they would begin to say to themselves, um, every day, 20 times a day, a hundred times a day, I am, and always start with, I am worthy of all of the success I can imagine. And every, you know, and say that over and over again, look in the mirror, say it five times looking in one eye, five times looking in the other eye, say it out loud mm -hmm. look like it, look like a fool, but it's working. <laughs> it's yeah. working. Um, mm -hmm. And then every time you think something that, that would revolve around that you're not worthy of that, 
out loud again, or even if you're in an area where you can't say it out loud, say it again, I am worthy of all of the success I can imagine. I am worthy of all of the success that I, that I can imagine. And the reason that we say I am is because I am changes us. I am changes our subconscious. It makes our subconscious feel that we are actually that way. I will be never happens. I yeah. will be is like tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Right. Okay? Um, we're always in today. Um, so for, Joe for example, Dispenza talks about the precious, the, the, he talks about the, the precious present moment mm-hmm. or something, some, I don't know exactly what he says, but, but that, that if you can get into that present moment, that's where all of the opportunity is. That's where all of the, um, all of the possibilities exist is in the precious exactly. present moment. What and so right in order to say what I am, remember our, again, you go back to the subconscious mind or some people call it the lizard mind, right? Way back in, you know, you want to, you want to hit the, the, the hypothalamus and the, uh, and the pineal gland and, and these, these uh, ancient parts of our brains, because really it's the prefrontal cortex here that is, um, that is the most advanced part of the brain. Mm-hmm. But in order for us to change our behavior, we have to get into the deeper parts. And in order to get into the deeper parts, we have to, there's, there's some tricks about entering a trance and whatever, but, but you may not have to, you may be able to just repeat mantras. Like I am, I am. I am. Um, and I have an example just from my own life. I, I read this book called love yourself. Like your life depends on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started and, and, I don't know what it is about Americans and, and, and you're, you're from Canada. So I don't know if this applies to you, but you know, we, we have this thing about fame, right? We, we glorify people like Kim Kardashian or um, Paris Hilton who get famous from a sex tape. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're able to build billion dollar brands around that. But we don't talk about, we don't talk there's, there's this whole hum, false humility thing that we have to also have. So we can't be braggadocious or we can't think we're the best or anything like that. And so somebody like Muhammad Ali back in the seventies, when he's, he said, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, you know, people mocked him. Right. Mm-hmm. But so, so there's this whole, like, it's almost a culture. It's like a, you know, Eckhart Tolle would call it a pain body. Right. So the pain body of the U S is that, is that, is that you have to be self-deprecating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in reality, the more self-deprecating you are, the more you're going to believe that. Mm -hmm. And so it's our responsibility. It's, it's almost impossible to love someone else until you can love yourself. That is so true. And, and it, it, it feels, it feels like anathema. It feels really hard to say, well, I love myself, but, when I, when I, I do an exercise with the, with the women in the membership and we talk, we, we kind of pay attention to our thoughts. We write them down and we do it for a couple of weeks. And then we go through this exercise of, well, would you talk to your child that way or somebody you loved? And, and so we, we talk about that. And, and, you know, the way we speak to ourselves is so mean. Oh, definitely. And so um, we want to switch those, those patterns. Mm hmm. I can tell you how I switched those patterns over the course of five years. Okay. Okay. Now I am an intellectual female. Okay. That's, you know, females in our culture are supposed to be a certain way. I never was, (laughs) you know, I never was. So 
I was, and, and I, I'm sure it happens to all women because this is just the culture of women. We're too fat, too skinny. We dress too, you know, trashy. We dress too formal. We, you know, too easy, too hard. Too. It's like, our. It's our fault if we get raped. Exactly. Yeah. Everything. We're 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 raised from, you know, you know, right from the very beginning to judge and hate ourselves because we caused whatever happened yeah. to us. Right. So we really, I would say most women hate themselves deep down. They hate their bodies. They hate that's the, the they patriarchy. Have. They hate their they <laughs> hate their voices. They hate their hair. They you know, multi billion dollar industry because women hate themselves. Yeah. So what I did, because I am an intellectual woman, I went through and I learned my personality type in the Enneagram, in Myers Briggs. Oh oh wait 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 wait! <laughs> you did the Enneagram. I did. You know, Stephanie Davis was recently on the show talking about the Enneagram. So if you haven't done the Enneagram, go back and watch the Stephanie Davis uh, episode. We talk a lot about the Enneagram. So you learned, so you did a lot of self-discovery. So you did Enneagram and you did Myers-Briggs. What else? Uh, Just other random ones too. Colby, like the Colby uh, assessment? I I didn't do that one. I did not do that one. Um, I went into- Strength Finder is another one. Like I went through um, into my horoscope even, um, <laughs> you know, to learn I'm, I'm a Virgo born in the year of the fire dragon. Um, that actually means something, you know, I fit all of those characteristics. So I just went in and I learned. And the one thing that I learned was, oh, another one that I learned was dressing your truth. Um, so learning, you know, what your energy and, and dressing your truth is um, Carol Tuttle and it's an energy type. Okay. Um, you know, so it's not personality, it's energy. So your personality can be totally different than the energy that you put off. And um, so I learned all of these things. And the biggest thing I learned from learning all of these things is I am normal. There is no reason to judge me because I'm loud. There was no reason to judge myself because I read too much. There was no reason to judge myself because, you know, my intellect, goes over like overtakes my emotions and I can I can go through emotional things but with a you know colder I guess attitude there's nothing wrong with me there is nothing wrong with me so the more that's a a lesson for all the ladies who are listening and the men too there is nothing wrong with you yeah and and for whatever reason that that voice inside your head that likes to tell you that you suck I call her the bitch inside my head who tells me (laughs) I suck and (laughs) So that that yeah. yeah that that voice is not you. That voice no. is just the voice. It's your roommate, and yeah. you are the observer of that voice. And once you can separate yourself out from that voice and understand that you are merely the observer of that voice, and that voice is it's going to take both sides. It's not your friend. It just is. Mm-hmm. Once you decide that and understand that, then you realize that you are normal. Yeah. and that's that's such a great. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. You know, I recommend, I recommend the, this book, um, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. If you want to understand the voice inside your head, that's probably one of the best books to, to, uh, to read. It's, it's heady, but it, it's a life-changing book. And sometimes you have to read it several times for it to sink in. So, so in the interest of time, I'd like to know if you could walk us through a visualization, um, maybe a future pacing visualization. Okay. Can you, what exactly would you like me to so, do? Um, so I'm thinking that, that if you have a, so, uh, some sort of a visualization that you walk your clients through, right? 
that would um, help them to raise their energy. You know, maybe like a, a quick guided meditation might might be what we're talking about here. All right, so let's go through this visualization. Okay. Okay, I'd like you to close your eyes. I'd like you to picture your perfect day. Where are you? Look around. Turn in a circle, a 360-degree circle, and see everything around you. Who's there? Which people are beside you? Your spouse, your children, friends, who's there? How does the sun feel on your skin? Or how does the cold feel if that's where you are? What temperature is it? How does that feel? I want you to begin walking. Walking towards where you want to be. I want you to smell. What does it smell like? What foods or flowers or aromas are in the air? What sound? What do you hear? Waves crashing, a ski lift, children playing, music. Continue to walk through that day in your mind, feeling the temperature, smelling the smells, hearing the sounds. And how do you feel? Content, happy, in love? Continue to visualize the place that you're in. And what you're doing. And most of all, how you feel. Now I'd like you to slowly open your eyes and come back from that place. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I was on a beach. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, it's, an, <laughs> it's interesting because I did something very similar with, I was talking to you before about my brother and, um, you know, my brother was talking about how he's, he's in a PhD program and he's working and he's struggling. Right. And I asked him, I said, well, can you get a picture of how you feel when school is done? Elated, relieved or grateful? Yes. And he says, you know, it's kind of blurry. Like, I don't know what I'll do. And I said, well, if you can get clear on the emotions, you can start feeling them now and train your body to pull your future to you. Exactly. And that is what has helped me, you know, because of this tragedy that I just had. 
And he says, wow, that's powerful. And I said, thing is, it's working. Because at the end of the day, who we are being will dictate all of our doing. And then we can have. I was a surgeon in medical school. I was a medical student when I was an undergrad, etc. Mm-hmm. So he says to me then, this combines being that he's a Buddhist, right? This combines being the change I want to see plus the fundamental lessons of karma. Mm-hmm. In order to create the future, uh, sorry, in order to create the future I want, I must cultivate the seeds that will make it possible. And I said, I didn't even know it was happening. So I was manifesting and not even you know, following the laws because the laws are the laws, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, exactly, you have, you, you have your unique uh, dharma, be do have. And so I said, motivation, therefore, is a myth. We are pulled by the gratitude for the thing we want, and gratitude means it's already happened. Mm-hmm. And so I said, get clear on what you want, pick a letter or symbol before you meditate, bring that letter or symbol to mind. So this is something you can do. We're going to pull out this meditation that Lindsay just did for us. And so I just want to give you these instructions because when you do the meditation and if you do these things beforehand, the meditation will be uh, even more powerful. So pick a letter or symbol. And before you meditate, bring that letter or symbol to mind, plant it in your heart each time, and then let it go and drift into the cosmic cosmic consciousness and know that all is okay. Okay. A strong vision will pull you forward, but gratitude and strong emotions will pull the future to you. Yes. Yeah. I actually, I have beside me my gratitude journal. Awesome. Every day um, I write 10 different things that I'm grateful for. Um, I start my day this way. Um, some of them are things I'm grateful for right now. And some of the things I'm grateful are happening in the future. That's awesome. And, you know, a gratitude journal that's been proven that even if you just write down three things a day, that will affect your happiness for months to come, even if you just do it for a week. Yep. So where can people find you? Um, People can find me on my Facebook page, um, my Facebook group. Um, What's What's the Facebook group called? Um, it is called Move Into Results, okay. Manifest Your Destiny. Awesome. On manifest. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. And, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll make sure we hook that up in the show notes. Do you have a website? I do have a website. It's currently under development, um, okay. but it's moveintoresults.com. Great. All and right. I, have my, I have my contact information on there right now um, as the, the website is developing so that they can, they can get me there. Uh, that's great. All right. Well, Lindsay, listen, if anyone has any questions for Lindsay, I'm happy to bring her back to answer your questions. Uh, you can send an email to me, drgordon, D-R-G-O-R-D-O-N, at menopausemovement.com. You see menopause movement right up here, right? So Dr. Gordon at menopausemovement.com, and I bring Lindsay back to answer questions. Lindsay, thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, I can't wait to have you back. Excellent. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, if you have questions about the topics covered in this or any other podcast, I invite you to open a conversation with me via email at info at menopausemovement.com or on Facebook Messenger through my Facebook page at Dr. Michelle Gordon. That's D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-G-O-R-D-O-N. I also want to invite you to join in our next beta group. Here at the Menopause Movement, we are always trying out new methods of teaching and the best ways to get on top of your menopause symptoms. We regularly run beta test groups where we create a learning experience valued at $2,000, but at no cost to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials. To get notified of our next beta group, 
simply sign up at beta.menopausemovement.com. And thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. I appreciate you. Thank you.